hey Laura, how you doing? Hey Colin. Oh, this is gonna be great. Uh, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those times where we we set a time to record. Uh, like we were gonna record today, uh, yet somehow because of the illness, this still feels like a last minute thing that we yeah. threw together, even <laughs> though we agreed on this like over a week ago. Yeah. Um, the the impetus for getting through this so quickly is one, we don't know if you're going to feel well, and two, um, I'm eating a fucking bomb of Chipotle right now, <laughs> and it's gonna knock me out. Any guy, I did this yesterday because uh, I got multiple Chipotle gift cards uh, for Christmas. Glorious. Um. And so I went on keto for a while. Keto is a diet that makes it very easy to cut weight. It is not necessarily a healthy diet. Um, and for December, I went hard in the opposite direction with lots of cookies, bread, and taco <laughs> shells. So I'm going to do keto again for a little bit tomorrow just to like, hmm. I think of keto is the opposite of gorging. Like if I eat normally, I'm fine. Yeah. But if I'm going to eat the amount of cookies that I just ate, <laughs> this is the opposite. That so, makes sense. So um yeah, so this Chipotle is going to knock me the fuck out. I did it yesterday, and I slept for two hours. God, that sounds so glorious. It's It was pretty good. My cat yeah. slept next to me the whole time. Ugh, that's great. <laughs> I'm the kind of sick where I left work early yesterday. I'm feeling a lot better, but my brain is, like, pretty fried, and if I don't have a cough drop in my mouth, I can't stop coughing. But I came home early from work yesterday because I felt like absolute shit. And I lay down on the couch, like I put on pajamas and everything. I lay down on the blankets and I couldn't fall asleep. So I was just like oh. lying in the couch by myself, just feeling like sick and sad. <laughs> so I could have really used a big old Chipotle bomb to put me to sleep yesterday. <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, you know, for because what what you do with kids is, you know, you like you rub a little whiskey on their gums to knock them oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for me, it's just like salty queso. Push me mm. right out. Yep. <laughs> just right up in there. God, that sounds so great right now. Yeah. So we, this is the longest gap we've had in recording for a while. What what was your what was your holidays like? I feel like we texted the basics, yeah. but what's what you been through? We have uh, had all of December. Yeah, it was stressful leading up to it, but it ended up being a really nice time. Mm -hmm. I was super anxious about like I don't know. Charles and I've been together for eight years. And we like haven't figured out how to split families properly for holidays yet, <laughs> which like <laughs> isn't super great. Um, and so leading into Christmas, knowing that like we weren't going to make anyone feel like good enough, <laughs> felt shitty. Oh, no. Um, and this is like the first year that I've really felt that way. Like I've I've kind of felt it before in the past a little bit, but I've always kind of been able to been like, well, whatever. I'm only one person. Mm hmm. Um, but this year it was like really incredibly stressful. Um, but I was off Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So I drove down to my parents. Charles came after work and we had a really nice dinner with them and spent a couple hours like just hanging out. My parents made a fire in the living room. It was like very relaxing. Nice. Um, slept there. Woke up Christmas morning. Charles went to his mom's after dinner. Um, like woke up and did presents and breakfast with my parents and then drove up to Charles' sister's house where she had everybody for the day. Nice. So are you typically like a holiday celebration, family gathering sort of person? Like, is it what I want to do? Yeah. Um. God is watching. I don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like feeling very like this is recorded and someone could listen to this yeah. and then tell other people how I feel. I mean, I don't know. I like really. <laughs> That's what a podcast is like. Yeah. Definitionally. Yeah. <laughs> I really love spending time with my family, both mm -hmm. sides. I hate that holidays are this like yeah. up on a pedestal. There's only like three days a year where you can get to like blah, blah, blah and do like 
that is what causes me so much anxiety, especially working in retail yep. and being married to someone that has divorced parents. So we have three sets of families to go to every every single holiday. See, if you were a child, that would mean you get three sets of presents. But since you're an adult, yeah. it's three times the responsibility. Yeah. Like the curve on that gets really fucked as you get yeah. older. <laughs> I mean, I do still get three sets of presents and that's great, but like not worth the <laughs> yeah. anxiety. Like I would just rather like hang out with everybody like a couple Mm -hmm. times a year not on holidays yeah like it's a time that that. feels very possessive for people and like that stresses me out because like it's the obligation that drives me nuts because the obligation drives everything and it makes it stressful right because we've all made like plans with friends and then when the day comes we're like ah i don't really want to and there's this like anxious battle this is like that all year every year and it will never end and a lot of money and familial (laughs) respect is on the line and traveling like yeah and it's just i the obligation is a big part of what it could be it's it's literally a logical fallacy the appeal to yeah. tradition yeah it is it is literally a part of logic that philosophers say yeah that part doesn't work <laughs> even though it looks like it does and people are yeah. like okay let's put trees inside um yep which i mean if rebecca really wanted a christmas tree and i was like i don't care so if you want it you can do it and she was not happy with me at first yeah. <laughs> But she did it. Yeah. And I think we came to an understanding. It was really helpful with her, too, because uh, I don't like getting gifts. Mm. Again, there's an obligation and an anxiety there. Yep. So she and I set a $25. Excuse me. Oh, <clears throat> Chipotle's fighting back. Uh, the, this is the uh, said $25 gift limit. Um, I just got the AirPods Pro. Yeah, AirPods Pro, Attorneys General. And the AirPods Pro... Um, uh, I I always want to put them in the same pocket as my keys, mm. um, but then they get scratched up, and that's happened with my last two pairs of AirPods. So I got in the habit of putting it in the same pocket as my phone, which is just like annoying. Yeah. Uh, so she got me a little AirPods case. Nice. And I usually don't like cases for anything, but this serves a distinct function, and I'm like, cool. Um, for oh yeah. For her, I took her through all the Star Wars movies recently in anticipation for the wonderful film. Episode nine, (laughs) you can listen to the latest common briefing program and figure out how much we love that movie. Mm. Um, But I bought her a stuffed porg and she like cried with happiness and squee (laughs) when she saw it because she loved the little puffins. Nice. So overall it went well. But speaking of the familial obligation, I did go to my mom's. My mom and my stepdad and my brother was supposed to get there with his fiance at noon. So it was going to be five of us there. Mm. And I get there at noon and my brother's not there. A half hour later, my mom texts him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm still at my fiance's family. Yeah. So, like, my mom was, like, so frustrated and upset. Understandable. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, I was there for two hours with just the two of them. I had a really nice time. Brother did not. He had not even left. Yikes. By the time that I was gone. And then I went to go see my brother and, like, my dad and my sister that weekend. And he, the whole time, was making these, like, under-his-breath remarks about, like, it's like, oh, why was she so upset? Why is this and that? And, like, he kept doing the whole day. So before I left, I was like, no, hold on. You fucked up. (laughs) You made this problem. Yeah. And they're like, but we didn't really want to go. And I'm like, then don't commit to it. Then don't. Don't, Again, it's the obligation. Like, it it creates this weird tension that people don't know how to reason with. Just don't do it. I did that with Thanksgiving. Uh, two, Two, three years ago, I told my mom, hey. I'm not doing Thanksgiving anymore. And she was like, cool, I don't have to cook as much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been fine. Uh, Aside from those quibbles, I have to say I had a, I had a nice time. I took a st- uh, staycation because I had to mm. use a ton of PTO in like a three-week window because I started so late in the year and it doesn't, um, doesn't, roll, over. doesn't roll over. 
So yeah. I haven't been doing a ton of work work, just a lot of, a lot of hobbies, a lot of stuff that like that. sounds great. Yeah, it's been kind of nice. Though the latest, the I did the Dice Populi with you in it, mm-hmm. which I did that over that the span fun. of four days, literally recording it and then finishing it. And that was a lot of work. And the one that I just did this past week took me about eight or nine hours to edit. And next week... I have to edit an episode, and we're recording, I think, three episodes, hopefully in a session. Mm -hmm. So I might have swung the pendulum a little too hard (laughs) in the other direction. Whoops. But so far, honestly, I think 2020 is going to be aight. It's going to be good. I got to figure out out my goals for the year, because for 2019, my focus was podcasts. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I launched two extra podcasts, got like hundreds of new listeners. I did not quite reach my goal, which is not totally in my hands, but I kind of just want to double down on that for 2020 yeah. like i want to get shows to like thousands of listeners each and like ha- and like i have friends with ideas that want to do stuff and i'm trying to kick them in the pants and be like let's do it so. to actually make headway yeah i mean dice popular is definitely like your baby it is yeah it's and it's it's a lot of work yeah. um a lot of the uh some of the guys uh matt and pat whom you know and then josh whom you don't um we had four of us in my uh in my house last week we all Got to hang out because everyone. Oh was, yeah, I saw the picture. Around. Yeah, it was nice. That was nice. Um, and then Matt, Pat, and I just sat in Taco Bell for like an hour and a half talking about what the <laughs> fuck to do with this behemoth of a project we've started. Yeah, uh, it's just a lot. Yeah, I've got people willing to help, which is that's good. good. Yeah, that helps a lot. Duh, it's literally help. It- <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. This is the level that you're gonna get from me today. <laughs> that's fine. Do you do like any sort of like resolution stuff or like how do you? Do, what no. does the new year symbolize to you, if anything? Yeah, honestly, it really just doesn't. It's just a new. It's a new thing. <clears throat> it's January to 2019. Yeah. Yeah. The sequel. Well, 20. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe it's bad that I don't like write down goals and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. My goals are always kind of the same. Like, be a little healthier. Mm-hmm. Like, take a little better care of my diabetes and like have more time to myself like (laughs) and until i actually achieve those things what is this scale of diabetes care that i'm not aware of um you know don't be an idiot and like eat all the cheese because i know it's not good for me (laughs) but like i still want it (laughs) so i do it anyway (laughs) i'm laughing at you but i'm literally scooping like just like literally just melted cheese yeah (laughs) yeah I mean, it's just like a matter of like there was a while there where my blood sugar was getting really high after dinner, like almost every night. Mm -hmm. And part of it was that I was eating more than I sat down expecting to, Mm -hmm. which like, I mean, I'm a really good cook. So I sit down and make a good meal. All of a sudden I want seconds and I didn't plan for it, you know? Yeah. So trying to stop that and then also like acknowledging that like if that's going to happen, I need to do more insulin, right? Like it's a stupid, simple thing, but I'm always afraid of doing too much for dinner because I usually fall asleep a couple hours after Mm. and I don't want to wake up with my blood sugar low in the middle of the night. So it's it's partly fear. It's partly self-control. So is there like a balancing act where you have to like... You know how the denial people have were like, I'm not going to have seconds. You have to like yeah. be really upfront with yourself about that. Yeah. That sounds awful. That denial is kind of where I live. <laughs> I'm sometimes okay at it, but like really most of the time I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going to have like one and a half. And then I'm like, or three, you know, whatever. Because like, yeah, if you ate breakfast the way I do today, you would have died because I woke up thinking I'm just going to make a little something, something. And then I had three tacos. Yep. <laughs> so it's just like, eh. Yeah. You can see why I need to go back on this diet for a little bit. I (laughs) do. Three breakfast tacos is, yeah. (laughs) They were just regular tacos. We had leftover taco meat. I just made three whole full. Uh, That sounds great. Sour cream and everything. 
I made fajitas last night. It was a similar idea. Fajitas are so good. Yeah, it was so good. good. I should send you this recipe. It's actually super easy. Mm -hmm. And like I was down to doing essentially nothing yesterday because I came home and I just was like dead. Yeah. But Charles had a really, really long, terrible day at work. And so it took like 15 minutes for me to just like cut chicken strips and put them in a bag with a bunch of seasoning and then Mm -hmm. let them sit. And when he got home, I just tossed them in a pan. So it's a a good recipe. That's good. I've been buying for the chicken stuff I've been doing. I've just been buying just breasts that have been cut into tenders Mm. just to cut down on prep it's like a couple extra cents to get them that way yeah but it's it's super worth it it's just less time i haven't found those i keep on like i can see the breast tenderloins but Mm -hmm. those have a weird like tendon in the middle of it or something that like Mm. if you don't i don't know it's weird and it it it's chewy and I don't like it. <laughs> so I tend not to buy those. No. Uh, no, th- these are literally, it's just like someone sliced up a breast into chicken tenders. That's that's well, literally all it is. So it's helpful. But I mean, I'm, sounds great. I found them at Hannaford and at like Price Chopper Market 32. Mm. Do you have either of those things? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. so no, down here we're stop and shop, shop right. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sur- shop, shop right should have it. I'm kind of surprised to hear that they don't, but no. Yeah. I think I'm going to cook some of that maybe tonight. Because I've been making like a spaghetti chicken dish with like Italian cream sauce. That's been just like fucking Ooh. awesome. But um, I bought spaghetti squash to try that nice. instead. Because I've, I've made this dish with spaghetti squash before and it's good. But yeah, no more carbs. Yeah, I'm a big fan of spaghetti squash though. It's really good. I was surprised because I don't like the taste of squash. And spaghetti squash isn't very squashy though. Not when it's done right. There was one time I made it, and I I think I either over-oiled it or undercooked it. I don't know what, but it came out, like, mushy. The strands were not super defined. Ooh, yeah. And that just tasted like squash. It tasted like it was it was the consistency of runny mashed potatoes, and it tasted like squash. It was a bad time. It was a Gross. bad dinner. <laughs> it didn't go well. Um, but yeah, when it is spaghettified, which it real word, by the way, I believe used to describe the, the physical strain on matter in black holes, spaghettification. Okay. Um, but I don't think it applies to vegetables. So the spaghetti, <laughs> when you spaghettify the squash with a fork, not a black hole, you, it, <laughs> it's not it, one of it, your standard kitchen tools. <laughs> listen, you got me on the easy squeeze. Let's take it one step at a That's time. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. So the f- it's easy to just drown out the flavor. Yeah. Like, I find that when you bake spaghetti squash, if you just, like, you can't just slap butter on it and, like, lie to yourself saying, it's pasta. Like, it's still definitely a vegetable. But um, I find that with sufficient sauce and usually, like, enough of a protein, so I'll usually have, like, uh, either a meat sauce, like a meat marinara sort of deal, or just, like, chicken on top of it as, like, a faux Italian dish. It's pretty okay. I have two recipes that I really like with spaghetti squash. One of them is like, it's called spaghetti squash lasagna, mm-hmm. but that's not what I call it because it's spaghetti squash with cheese and meat. Like, it's not lasagna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it's basically that. It's like marinara sauce, a little ricotta, a little, you know, I can't remember if it's turkey. I think it's ground turkey. Mm-hmm. And you like mix it up or whatever and then put mozzarella stuff and it's just delicious. The other one is like chicken and pesto and like a bunch of cheese, which is really good. I can see that being good. That's not too different from what I do. I'll put a little basil on it sometimes if I feel like I haven't, that the other seasoning isn't pulling its weight Mm. because I don't measure anything ever. So, (laughs) whoops. Rebecca can't cook when I'm in the kitchen because she's like, I'm like, she's like, hey, I need, I need like a third of a cup. I'm like, there's a half cup there. Just almost fill it. And she stares at me. so angrily <laughs> meanwhile if i have to put in a third of a cup i will just put the take a glass of water and literally eyeball it 
Oh, this is like a third of a pint glass. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the same, right? But uh, I, I don't know. I have a decent sense of those things. I say right after I said that I somehow created mashed spaghetti squash. <laughs> Clearly, I'm doing something wrong. Um, I mean, I made tilapia parm one time. That was a really, really bad decision. It was wait, disgusting. I'll wait, never do hold, it again. Wait, hold on. Okay, take me through this. What is this? Um, so this was like the first year that I lived in Albany. Mm-hmm. So it was many years ago at this point. And Charles was away. And so, like, I didn't have friends yet. I didn't know anybody. I was, like, sad and alone. And I didn't, like... Did you know me yet but weren't friends with me? Yes. Okay. That, that's all. I just... I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Setting up a timeline yeah. in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had no friends, but we were... I think I had started working at Apple already, but, like, just... Yeah. Um, and I didn't have that much going on, like, to cook with. Like, I didn't... My fridge wasn't full. It was, like, the day before grocery shopping day or whatever. But I had tilapia and mm-hmm. I had Parmesan or I had mozzarella cheese and some marinara sauce. And I was like, well, it works on like chicken. <laughs> and so I made tilapia and I put marinara sauce and mozzarella cheese on it. And I don't know if you know this rule, but you don't put cheese on fish. <laughs> <laughs> it just isn't See, something that works. I don't eat fish because I don't like fish. So I didn't know that rule. But when you said the mm. words, my brain was like, yeah, that checks out. Yep. Uh, it was sense. disgusting. It was. Oh, God. So, so bad. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the smell right now. It didn't smell terrible because it was like mostly just smelled like cheese. It's the two stinkiest foods. Did they just cancel each other out? Maybe I just forgot. (laughs) I don't know. It was a long time ago. Clearly you didn't because it's been seven years and you're still (laughs) sweating up at night over this regretful dish. It was such a bad decision. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so awful. Mm, I don't even know if I'm going to cook tonight though. Just because like I, I should and I want to, but like... Chipotle, man, I'm full. I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't need it. And I bought I bought some cookies because, like, I'm not going to eat cookies for maybe a month or a couple weeks. I don't know how long. I'm not going to do it. That, you're not supposed to do keto that long at mm-hmm. a time. I went three months, which is, like, probably about as much as yeah. most people should do without taking special considerations. Or so I've been told by people who do keto a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to soak in it. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. My plan was to make a whole roast chicken tonight, but... I don't know. I, I'm not getting a full roast chicken vibe from you. No. It's not. Nope. I know that face. That is not a full roast chicken face. <laughs> <laughs> no. We'll see. I got to like feel it out. I did do my meal planning this morning. I like kind of woke up for like an hour or so and did my meal planning and made my grocery list and then fell back asleep, which was kind of good. Yeah. But that was Charles like has been laughing at me all day. He's like, you can't make a decision today. I'm like, I really can't. He's like, what do you want for lunch? I'm like, I don't know, whatever. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. That's what it's like. I want a soda. No, maybe I don't. He's like, do you want a soda? I was like, no. He's like, oh my God, I'm not asking you questions anymore. I'm just making decisions for you. Yeah, that's exactly what he needs to do. That's what happens when I get uh, my migraines, which I haven't had a lot of them lately. But uh, when they happen, my migraines don't start super painful. That's like a pretty like deep symptom. It has to be really bad for that to happen. Hmm. But uh, the, the migraines, make me extremely foggy and dizzy and I can't really I can converse with a person but if I have to think about something beyond my reaction it's yeah. kernel panic it's it's pinwheel yep. and I can't do it so Rebecca could say how you doing I feel like shit do you want food yes what kind of food talk to me tomorrow I'm not yeah <laughs> It's not happening. And like, yep. I, I tried to, when I sense it's coming on, I try to tell people, I'm like, in a couple minutes, you need to make all the decisions. <laughs> like, I don't care. I will follow you. That's all I can do. Uh, it's really bad when it happens in grocery stores, which is rough because gr- grocery stores, usually the air is pumping really hard and it's mm. very dry. So yeah. that 
and, and there are like a lot of flat white fluorescent lights. So grocery stores can really set me off really quickly. Yeah. Even if I'm having a good day. That's not good when you're grocery shopping, which is 100% making decisions. That's why I do all the decision making before I get to the grocery store, though. I have tried to do that. And there it there's something about it that is unsustainable for my brain because I'll get like super excited and I'll make a big list something that I can like that'll that that's scalable like I can come back to it over time and always deal with it but then like my habits change and then I don't want to update the list well see you're doing it entirely wrong you can't make a scalable grocery list you have to do it in small chunks I have a hard enough time, like, doing things weekly is also really rough for me. I can do it with TV shows, because there's always, like, an end in sight. Like, hey, this is cool. Star Trek comes out this day. Do it next week. It'll be over in a couple weeks. But if I have to commit to doing something once a week, every week, within a couple weeks, I'll just be like, I don't wanna. Like, I I need one week off, but one week off fucks you with stuff like this. Because the week off, then that's the week where I'm like, I didn't feel like cooking this week, so I'm just going to get a lot of fast food, and I'm going to order out a lot. And then after a week of that, you're like, this is so decadent and lovely. I will do this always. See, what I do is that I eat out like twice, and I'm like, this is way too much. I have to go back to the grocery store. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's probably fair, but I don't know. I'll figure it out. That's tomorrow is going to be the day where I get back on the responsibility horse. Yeah, yeah, that sounds terrible, but also right. It's what needs to be done. Speaking of Star Trek, though, Picard comes yes. out real soon, huh? Yeah. So, man, I got like mixed feelings, but I'm excited. I'm cautiously nervous. Yeah, yeah, me too, because I've been thinking back on Star Trek Discovery. I like Star Trek Discovery. I think it's a good TV show. It's got a lot of problems. Yeah. It's got a lot of problems. Mostly, and this happened with Star Trek The Next Generation as well, in season two, no less, where you had struggles in the writer's room where you were changing showrunners, people were getting fired, and then there was this weird thing where like Gene Roddenberry's lawyer was editing scripts. It was insane. Oh, weird. And then in season three, they were like, nope, fuck it. These are the people in charge. Clear out the writer's room. Start over. Yeah. It kind of seems like that purge might be happening with Star Trek Discovery because in Star Trek Discovery, there were two showrunners, but they were yelling at people who worked on the show, so they got fired, which is the right thing to do when they are mistreating their employees. Um, And then Alex Kurtzman stepped in. He's the producer. He also wrote uh, Star Trek 2009. Hey, good job. Good movie. Mm -hmm. He also wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Try again, buddy. Bad job. Yeah. Um, So, like, then he was the showrunner for the middle of it, and then he brought on another writer, Michelle Paradise. She wrote the season two episode where uh, you find out Arium, the augmented lady, Mm. uh, where you learn all about her, and she, spoiler alert, beefs it at the end by getting blown out into space. Like, amazing episode. Yeah. It was her first time writing Star Trek, and she, that was great. It was a really good job. it was a really good episode. And then she became like co-showrunners with Alex Kurtzman at the end. So you had four different showrunners at different times in a season of TV based around a mystery. And yeah. when they paid off the mystery, it was kind of like... Weird. It was like there were four showrunners on the show. Yeah. it Like at the, the final episode, it was thematically good. It was gorgeous. I love what actually happened and that they're moving somewhere else. Yeah. The thing is the finale of Disco season two made me really excited for season three because season two was so messy Mm. and because things didn't line up so well yeah so skip over to star trek picard i'm getting really inside baseball about this i'm so sorry everybody michael shabon who is he is an author he is a showrunner 
to my knowledge, there has been no turnover with writing staff, no significant turnover with writing staff. Patrick Stewart is involved, which could be good, could be bad. I don't know yeah. what hand he had in it besides like being a producer, like consulting. Right. Because I know that he had a voice in the creation of Star Trek Nemesis, which is not the most beloved entry in Star Trek. Yeah. So like Michael Shabon is a very good writer. He's written a couple shorts for Star Trek, and the ones he's done have been really good. He did Calypso, the one that was set like a thousand years in the future. Yeah, I like that one. I forget the other one he did, but he's been doing uh, a really good job with it. So I think that all this kind of loosey-goosey, the ends don't really yeah. meet up, even if the episodes are good, he's... like the season doesn't tie together. Michael Shabon is also writing some of the comics, isn't he? I think he's involved. Involved. They do this weird thing because uh, uh, Kristen Beyer, she's the writer who sort of liaises. She's a writer on Star Trek Discovery and kind of runs the books in the comic books. Mm. So she sort of liaises between them. So there, there's a lot of communication between the like the ancillary writers and the show writers. But I don't know specifically if he's written like a Star Trek book or a Star Trek yeah. comic. I'd have to look it up. So I, I I think that with Picard, we might avoid the behind the scenes issues that have made Discovery a messy show. But also the trailers really look like it's going to be kind of a spectacle. Yeah, that's the thing that makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I don't know. Because like, I think some of my favorite Star Trek like just isn't a spectacle. It like just is. Yeah. It feels like it's based in this like realistic world where like, you know, obviously things are happening that we could never even imagine. But mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Yeah. And it, it feels it feels like real life where like dramatic things sometimes happen and then sometimes they don't instead of this being this like flashy mystery like, yeah. oh, people are out to get us all the time. Which I mean, the on its surface, like I've been asking for a follow up on what happened when Romulus got killed by a supernova because that that was in the movie what 11 years ago and it's just never followed up on so it's it's cool to see that it's cool to see more Borg but it feels like hey it's Star Trek the next generation let's get Picard let's get Riker let's get the Borg let's get like all the th it, it feels like yeah. the fan service pylon that made some of the new Star Wars movies not so great mm. but on the other hand some of the fan service stuff is what worked best in Discovery because yeah. they found ways to not really make it super pandering, which I was surprised at because they're not always the most delicate or subtle writers. So I, I really have no idea which way this could go. Yeah. I'm going to watch it and uh, hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's kind of my plan. I just, I, I'm excited for it because I've had so much Star Wars on the mind. Like, I went through the saga. I watched the movie in theaters. I watched Mandalorian. I played Jedi Fallen Order. So I've been, like, so saturated by Star Wars. And I am so yeah. ready for John luc Picard to be a palate cleanser for my brain. Yeah. I just, I need it. I need, like, I need something new to think about. Because I've yeah. seen the old stuff so much. I need to, like, invest. <laughs> uh, I need to get my brain active. I'm literally holding a stuffed porg right now, so, like, I gotta... <laughs> so, wait, when does it actually come out? It's January, what, 20th? 23rd. 21st? Oh, 23rd. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna get another short trek before then. Uh, girl, The Girls from Mars. Hmm. The one where they're fighting in the playground and then they're holding hands. Yeah. So, so I mean, it might be fun. I don't know. Yep. Some of the short treks have been really fun. The H. John Benjamin one with the tribbles. So, <sighs> I really enjoyed that short trek. I have to say... I listened to uh, The Greatest Discovery, uh -huh. and I'm not as big a fan as an Edward Larkin as I am of a Drunk Shimoda. And so, like, I kind of wish that they'd made it its own thing. 
It surprised me. It, it still surprises me when in the show, instead of saying pick your drunk Shimoda, they say pick your Edward Larkin. Me too. I'm still not used to it because it's so new. I know I will get used to it, but I'm here for it because I'm an H. John Benjamin stan. I love him yeah. and everything he does. I love hearing He's his voice. Really great. And I just, it's one of those things where like when the Wrath of Khan is still considered the best Star Trek movie. What happened with Wrath of Khan was the first one did so poorly and it was written by gene roddenberry that they were like we need some new blood so they hired a guy who does not like star trek and he made the best star trek movie yeah and he shaped star trek forever and i'm just like i want more of these things that seem like they don't belong right bob's burgers doesn't feel like it belongs <laughs> in star trek but it feels so good once it's there yep in common yep. briefing program i was we were talking about knives out by ryan johnson who did star wars 8 don't Tell me anything about it because I really still want to go see it. And I'm upset because yeah. Charles and I were going to try to go today. And then it was football playoffs and he wouldn't go with me. Ugh, that stinks. It's it's a movie you need to yeah. see as soon as possible because we got to talk about it. Uh, do not listen to Briefing Program okay? Uh, because we go very in-depth. Um, Knives Out, great movie. And after watching that and watching Star Wars, which I liked his Star Wars movie, I'm like, wait, fuck. Can Ryan Johnson do Star Trek? <laughs> like, please. He's so good at it. Everything he yep. takes, he just blows it up and puts it together in a way you don't quite expect. And not knives out is knives out is so good. That's awesome. Yeah, fuck, I'm really excited. But yeah, um, yeah, Picard. That's I think that's maybe the biggest thing out of my radar this month. Um, yeah. I gotta start reading books again. We talked about reading the Sawbones book. Do you want to try to do that oh, before the yeah. next episode? Because I finished. I finished. I totally forgot about them. I finished V for Vendetta and. Um, What's it? Uh, Medallion status. I finished those books. So I, I mean, do you want to see if we can read that before our next recording? Yeah. I mean, why don't we like my track record with reading quickly is absolutely shot to shit. But <laughs> if you want to say like we read, read <coughs> like a couple chapters or at least like a, maybe half the book or something. Yeah. Like make it as far as we can sort of deal. Yeah. 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 Let's revisit that. Okay. that that'd be a fun thing. Even if it's not always books, something to, to come back from. Yeah. Because, you know. Letter Kenny was such a bust. New Letter Kenny yeah. came out. <laughs> it was really good, really funny. Um, you wouldn't yeah. think it's funny because you hate comedy, apparently. Right, right. That's true. Actually, I do hate comedy. You're right. But it's uh, but yeah, that'll be good. No, cool. So I'll read that book. Yeah. I okay. still think I'm gonna try to do the thing where I read ten books this year. I wanna do piano again because I totally skipped on that goal last year. Mm. I'm thinking I might just say like learn five Debussy pieces because I like Debussy and I'm like well, me too. I'm pretty comfortable with his style um you should check out he has something called the children's corner i think i've learned uh i know uh dr parnassus ad gratum uh i learned that when i was in college yeah and uh that's the only piece from the children's corner i've learned but that would be a good suite because some of those are pretty big but some of those are also pretty small yeah um and they're all just really beautiful they're really beautiful they got some really fun ones in there too he has some stuff that like literally sounds like it came from a carnival mm. and you're like this is the claire de lune guy what? <laughs> who commissioned that one yeah well you know <laughs> gotta diversify yeah. um my like newish thing that i've been doing i guess and <clears throat> charles got me luigi's mansion 3 for christmas nice and i finally started playing like two weeks ago or something mm -hmm. and like last night when i was feeling sad and on the couch I like picked it up and I was like, oh, I'll play it for like half an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I played for like two and a half hours instead. Nice. And I was like, nice. nice, nice. That feels so, good. That's been fun. Mm -hmm. I've been, uh, I, I'm starting to think I might try to bring my Switch to work. There are Xboxes there so I can like play some of my games there. I don't like to play shooters there because it's, there's lag on the TV and it's a busted up controller and it's not that I'm a snob basically. So I won't, <laughs> I won't play on their peasant hardware. Right. But, um, makes sense. 
I say that and I don't even use a PC, so what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I've been. It's it's on the Switch. Like I know you don't have Game Pass on Xbox, but it's on the Switch Wander Song, which I keep telling you about. Yeah, you do. Like if you want another game that you can just pick up for like a couple hours, it's it is so your style. Like yeah. there are some characters in that game that I feel like I'm texting you when I'm reading their text <laughs> bubbles on the screen. Um, you just play a little bard. You just sing the whole time. I'm having fun with it, too, because I'm kind of a music snob as well. So I'm, like, catching all the little subtle things they're doing that most people wouldn't notice. Mm. Um, but it's a fun, colorful, vibrant little game. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't been touching my Switch. I'm starting to think I should bring it into work. Maybe finally get through Breath of the Wild because I've only played a couple hours yes, of that. Yes. Do it. I love Breath of the Wild. Yeah. The only thing that just stops me, though, is like all these little games that I want to play on Switch, I can usually get them on Xbox for cheaper or with the Game Pass subscription. And then the big games that are on the Switch are always going to be 60 bucks and like they never really go on significant sale. Hmm. It's just hard for me to really get my foot in that door, which is I I mean, I, I played well over 60 bucks worth of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. Oh, I'm I, I've I've been finding enough stuff on Xbox to like be happy with. I just started playing uh, Hellblade as well, which is like a dark, creepy, um, dark, creepy little action game um, based on Norse mythology. And uh, the the center of the game is the depiction of psychosis. And when you play it with headphones, mm-hmm. um, they do a very good job of making you feel like distraught and insane, but using that as a tool for exploration and character it's it's a weird line yeah. that they thread huh. but um <clears throat> sounds creepy it is is that de- <laughs> yeah it's definitely a little creepy so i yesterday i played a few hours of that and then a few hours of wander song so it balanced out nice. a little cartoony <laughs> game about a bard singing to everybody i don't know maybe i should yeah breath of the wild should, feels like you a should must. play breath of the wild it, it is really good i remember when it w- first came out i was like it's just skyrim light but when i picked it up for the first time i was like oh this is yeah no, it's... it is different it, there is something accessible and kind of special about this but i've i've put maybe th- three or four hours into it i should definitely put more um speaking of skyrim light so remember the day that i bought skyrim because i really wanted to yes <laughs> Have you played it at all? No, I got, <laughs> so I loaded up the game and I got through character creation. Uh-huh. You know, I spent like, you know, whatever, an hour on that. Yeah. And then I got to the part where you're getting your head chopped off and the dragon flies over yes. and it crashed my Xbox and I literally did not open it after that. <laughs> oh, so no. I, I got a <laughs> refund through Xbox. <laughs> okay. You know, that's fair. I actually like went through and I was like, I'm never going to play this. Aww. So I went and I got a refund for it. Damn, those are some of my fucking favorites. Like Skyrim is like done to death. Like easily, like it's up there for game of the decade in terms of influence. Like mm. it's it's so mainstream that you know everybody knows it, and the hardcore RPG players just want to poo poo on it for a lot of reasons. But I will tell you, playing Skyrim, Oblivion, and Morrowind, those three games, like it is, it feels good to invest in that franchise because it is. Yeah, you want to talk about consistent writers? The folks at Star Trek Discovery couldn't make fourteen episodes <laughs> hang together. The amount of shit I've read in those games, yeah. that is so internally consistent. Like, come on. There's there's a way to it's do impressive. it. Yeah. Morrowind was made by like 20 people in a basement on card tables. <laughs> and it's like a greater work of writing than most books. Yeah. That's probably not true. But great game. Well, considering um, how many books are out there, probably most books. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I'll take those odds. <laughs> All I'm saying. And Skyrim is the easiest to get into. Like you, you, Laura, you should not just pick up Morrowind. 
It is an RPG from 2002, mm. so it is not accessible, like, at all. Like, there's no, like, waypoints don't exist, Yeah, for one, which is, like, a hard thing to deal with nowadays. Instead yeah. of the game saying, like, go over here, or even what Assassin's Creed does now, which I like, which is very D&D-ish, you can set Assassin's Creed to say, don't tell me exactly where to go, just give me hints. Mm. And, it, and it, it mimics something in Morrowind that works, where in Morrowind, you don't, because it's not just pointing and telling you where to go, someone will say, hey, you have to go north and hang a right at this mountain or whatever. Right. And at first I was like, this is fucking obnoxious. But then it got to the point where I was like, oh shit, I know the names of all these places and I know my way around everything. Yeah. And weirdly, like Breath of the Wild captures that same thing, like where Mm. I feel like knowing the world and caring about your surroundings, like is important to it. It's not just a game that's like, go here, go here, go here. No, not at all. You definitely want to like explore and know what mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. So uh, Skyrim is very much like a point and go here sort of game. Yeah. But it is an excellent entry point into a really wonderful series. <clears throat> yeah. But but I know how busy you are. And yeah, I just didn't. I spent 500 hours in Skyrim. Damn. That's not even a lot. I've spent I spent more than that in Destiny. Um, But like for a single player RPG, I beat everything in the game twice including all the dlc stuff yeah. and that was about 500 hours so i don't think you will have the time to maybe get that much out of it no i won't but if you find yourself with 500 no, hours to spare yeah <laughs> i got I'll a game for you. uh no they're very good i'm glad i i, I don't know you, i guess when i think about it it they might not be the games for you just because of the commitment yeah and, and but they are very good if you ever decide to give them a chance. But by that same token, I need to do. Breath yeah, of the I mean, Wild. I played, I played Skyrim for a little while, like way back in the day, mm-hmm. and I did really enjoy it. It's just like I got stuck because I had to go through like one particular area where I wasn't mm-hmm. like proficient enough <coughs> mechanically to like get through the pass. I'm gonna guess it was or whatever. It was either something very middle of the game called Black Root, which is hard no matter how leveled you are. Or I'm thinking of a point early in the game where you just have to go through a cave and there's a troll and that that troll's a real pain in the ass. It wasn't that. It wasn't a troll. Because if you quit at that troll, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. No, it was like something really stupid that like I couldn't find my way around. And it's probably because I was trying to like just follow the main quest when I wasn't quite level for it. Yeah. Instead of just doing some of the side stuff. But like, I I don't know. I just kind of give up. I remember when I first played Oblivion. Oblivion was like such a fucking game changer when it came out. Mm. because like for a lot of technical reasons um like if you shoot an arrow in the wall it doesn't just disappear like it stays at that point in the world like there was a lot they did to make the world not really more reactive but more stable Mm. so i was so excited for this huge open world but i hadn't played a lot of rpgs i'd played a little bit of morrowind but like i never owned it so i didn't really get the gist of what these games were yeah i i it was like 2008 I bought Oblivion, I beat the main quest, said, that was a good game, and then I sold it. (laughs) And then like a few months later, I was like, wait, wait, no, that's not the point. There's so much more. (laughs) So like, I get just following the main quest to the detriment of the game. I've I've made that mistake in probably the most stupid, grandiose way you can. Um, Brutal. Yeah. Good game, though. Um, I do think it's about time for me to wrap this up yeah. and go pick up my groceries and, and then maybe yeah. take a nap before yeah, dinner. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. We made it a little further than I expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start reading the Sawbones book and I'll follow up with you on that. And I think, yeah, for 2020, I'm going to try to also f- focus on some more piano stuff and podcast stuff and I will 
probably keep you apprised of that. And you can either you can either hold me accountable or shrug and say, I don't care. That was your dumb decision. <laughs> Stop eating Chipotle and falling asleep. That depends entirely on my mood for that day, I think. So that's yeah, no, that's very fair. I hope you feel better. Yeah. It was it's very nice to talk to you. We gotta play games again soon. I know. Charles got me a headset for Christmas for my Xbox because my other ones all shit the bed and they were really terrible anyway. Nice. <clears throat> and I've been really excited to play with them. And then I got the stomach flu and then yep. I got this yep. and then I've been working a lot. Stomach and flu. Like, I don't even think I heard about that one. Oh yeah, it was great. I threw up every hour for like 24 straight hours. At least you always know what time it is. Yeah, it was really cute. <laughs> I had a doctor's appointment that I couldn't miss also. So I like hauled my ass to the doctor and like was waiting in the exam room. Like literally, it was so pathetic. I was curled up on top of the exam room. Like I put my jacket over me and I just closed my eyes. And she came in. She was like, how are you? And I was like, not good. Not good at all. That's so sad. Oh, it was so miserable. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Get your I did stuff. hold out this long to get sick. So I guess like. January is not terrible, though. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Well, hey, next month's a big one. Well, Red Books will have seen the first new Picard. Patrick Stewart Star Trek since 2002. Fuck. Yeah, 18 years since Nemesis came out. That's wild. Yeah, um, it'll be fun. I really don't know. I don't know. As a Star Trek fan, I don't like that all the people are like, Disco needs to be like the old shows. I'm like, no, do something new. I've seen the old shows, but yeah. I think they got to step it up a little bit. Yeah. So we'll got to. It needs to have. So I really like Disco, but I do feel like it's missing something of the soul of the shows, like the older shows. And I think that part of that is because they're going for this like bigger, more grandiose feel. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, think the episodes that really work so far have been the ones that drill in on a character. The Arium episode, yeah. Yeah. Sound of Thunder, where Saru uh, evolves and you find out his whole backstory with the Ba'ul. Yeah. Like those work well. The grand scale ones, they're just kind of muddy. And then when yeah. the point of the season doesn't add up, it's just like you're only left realizing how much you didn't care about those things. Yeah. It's fun, but um, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that some stronger writing will help it out. Elevate. To be fair, it like since one was fair. the first and second seasons of any Star Trek show the best. So that's you know, kinda, there's that's, hope. That's kind of my thing. I've heard yeah. the counterpoint where it's like the problem with Discovery is like season three needs to change what the show is, not just improve on it. Mm. Which I don't totally agree with that. I I really think that if they maybe didn't have showrunner drama, it might be fine. I don't know. We'll, ne- we'll never know, but I think that that could help. But yeah, well, we'll see. We will see, man. <clears throat> uh, hey, listeners, if you tune in next month and you don't care about Star Trek Picard, maybe don't listen. <laughs> maybe skip. Maybe skip an episode. I don't know how much it's going to be. Um, but um, Laura was in an episode of Dice Populi called Blessings Eve, and it was very it was. good. She did a great job. It was fun. And brought a lot to the table. So you should check Thanks. that out. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. It was. It was. I made myself listen to the episode, and I actually enjoyed listening to it. You did? Yeah. Yay. Okay, I need it. This is this is a bit of a self-serving question here, and then I'll let you go. Did you feel at all emotional at the end with the music? I'm a cold, heartless person. Ah, damn it. I no, was... I mean, it was, I, I very much enjoyed the arc. <laughs> I feel like it was not something, because I was still feeling, like, I can't get emotional over something that I was a part of in that way, right? No, like, I've, I very much get that. I have a problem where when I'm listening to episodes, I can't focus on the edit sometimes because I'm so paranoid about the music. Yeah. So, like, I, I get it. If there's something in there that you are critical of, it, it overrides everything. Yeah. But everyone that's talked to me about the episode said you were great, so Aw, thanks. Thank Yay. And with that, I'm going to let you go actually be great and stop dying. So you go, uh, you I go, please, wait. please be healthy. Please be um, well. Just in case anyone's wondering, I uh, had three 
Ricolas while we were recording this episode. <laughs> and so. you didn't sing it once. Not once. No, That's no. fine. No, I have to sing it next time when I'm actually feeling like I could. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. <clears throat> All right. All right. All right, Laura. I will, uh, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. How You Doing is a Common Geeking Program production starring Laura Becker and Colin Ketchin with editing and original music by Colin. You can learn all about the show at the website podfriend.pizza. It has everything you need to listen and to learn about the pod friends themselves, and it's an easy place for new listeners to jump on board. If you enjoy the podcast, reviews and ratings are the best way to show it. Tell a friend, share your favorite episodes, and remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. We'll talk to you again the first Monday of every month, so be sure to stay in touch. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. I need to do something really stupid. Yes. The grocery store just called me and left a message about my order that I have to go pick up soon. Go for it. I'm going to listen to the voicemail real quick and see if I have to call them back. That's totally fine. Sorry. I have to call them back real quick. It's very important about yogurts and jalapenos. Hi, Erica. This is Laura. I just got your message about my order to pick up today between four and five. Um, it sounds, um, yeah, I actually, so the banana cream yogurt is fine. You can just leave that off. That's not a problem. Um, the chicken pot pie, totally fine. For the carrots, I probably only need one pound. That's fine. So just the one package. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'll be there soon. Thank you. Bye. This is going to be post credits. It's going to be really exciting. <laughs>